Welcome, my friends, to the Generations Broadcast. Kevin Swanson, your host with you, and as you know, a passion for our ministry, a passion for the Christian life, indeed, uh, a passion for the Worldview in Five Minutes, which is our daily news update, is to update folks on what's going on in Christian persecution around the world, and other news, of course, but that's always on the front. That's always on the front. That's the first thing that matters to Jesus. That's the first thing that matters to us. Anybody with a Christian worldview is going to say, yeah, we've got to know what's going on with the church, or what's going on with the persecuted body of Christ around the world. And that's the update that you get every day on theworldview.com. And, uh, well, Matthew 25 really brings this out in, in very, very sharp tones. I mean, listen to this. It's the great and awesome day of judgment taking place at the end of the world. And Jesus is there. He's the judge. And there it is, verse 31. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations gather, the sheep on one side, the goats on the other. And then the king will say to those on his right side, which is the sheep, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, you gave me drink. I was a stranger, you welcomed me. I was naked, you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. The righteous will answer him and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick? Or in prison and visit you. And the king will answer them, Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of these least of these my brothers, you did it to me. Well, friends, that's it. That's the big question. That's that's the question of all of reality. That's that's the question that comes up on the day of judgment. Now we're not talking about merit here or anything like that. We're just simply saying what's your life all about at root? What is the thing that matters most to you and to me? What's the matter? considered on judgment day it's interesting uh, jesus doesn't come up with the finer points of eschatology ecclesiology even soteriology didn't ask about who you voted for how much you complained about politics whether you used public policy to change the world or not how much money you made how much money you contributed to the kingdom of god etc etc he's just simply asking the question did you visit my people did you take care of my body that was the thing that really mattered and of course it's our relationship to jesus and our relationship to his body, that, that really matters. The question for us is always, how are we treating the least of these, the brothers of Jesus? That's the thing that's of essence, really. And I, you know, I think that's critical. G- Jesus died for this body. He died for his church. Now, what will you do for the church? Will you love his brothers and sisters too? So that's, that's the main thing, and that's what our lives come down to over and over again. So that's why I'm getting back to this subject of the persecution of the least of these, the brothers of Jesus, all around the world. And really the hottest spot in the world today is Nigeria. I don't think there's any getting around it. Bad things going on in Pakistan, I get it. Bad things going on in China, uh, persecution on the rise in Myanmar and so forth. But nowhere, nowhere in the world are things as bad as Nigeria. And so I found out that Judge Saul was off to Nigeria. He's come back. He's looking into the persecuted body of Christ in Nigeria. And I actually thought about going there myself. You know, cause I, I, I want to know what's going on in Nigeria. I hear all these stories. And uh, so, but found out that Judge Saul from equippingthepersecuted.org was just over there. And he has been ministering to Christians in Nigeria uh, for 10 years or so. 
and uh, he's got a 501c3 that deals with this. It's called EquippingThePersecuted.org, and Judd now joins me on the Generations broadcast. Judd, thanks for taking time out for us. Now, you just got back from Nigeria, is that right? Yes, sir. Just got back Friday. Okay. Uh, tell us what you saw. What, what's going on out there? Well, what's going on is a, I say, a systematic slaughter and a systematic um, shift of uh, trying to shove Christians out of their homeland, out of their territory. Um, yep. Muslims yep. Yep. are coming in from the north, and they're also coming in from the east, and they're pushing Christians out of their villages, out of their territory, and taking it over either demographically and by violence. And the government's not going to solve that problem. I, mean, we, I think that's a given for, for now. Right. Uh, no, but, but there's things we can do. There's, the government's not really... No, the government there isn't really solving the problem. Uh, it's, it, it's a hodgepodge of, of Christians and Muslims in government. But at the end of the day, uh, the government is so corrupt, all the politicians are looking out for their self-interest, and they're not doing the basic function of what government is for, is to protect its citizens and yeah. punish evildoers. Yeah. So they're they're busy they're busy stuffing their own pockets to care about what's actually happening in their own right. Country. So so this is an opportunity for us though. I mean this this is a yes. tremendous. Now my understanding is we're up to four to five thousand martyrs, mostly Christian, uh, this year or this last year, um, yeah. and this has been going on now for I'm going to say about ten to fourteen years uh, since Boko Haram and the Fulani got going and. Uh, this is uh, one of the longest persecutions we've seen in our lifetime, and it's ser- serious. There's, there's nothing like it in the world today, with maybe the exception of North Korea. You can actually pinpoint the rise of persecution to when the Arab Spring started okay. uh, under, underneath uh, Obama and destabilizing the Middle East. Mm-hmm. But then what happened, that empowered radical Islam, and they've been on a killing spree against Christians ever since. Oh, boy. And mm-hmm. and right now what we're seeing is is... is now it's moving into Nigeria. Now it's moving into um, the. Uh, it's crossing the middle of Africa and moving south. The Congo. The Congo's facing the, the same con- thing. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. The Congo, Burkina Faso. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and now Nigeria is the hotbed, and they yeah. want yeah. to take Nigeria. If they take Nigeria, they have the whole of Africa. Yeah. And now, now, now your your interest is to minister to the Christians there. And talk to us about what you saw. I mean, you were there, boots on the ground. You saw what's going on with these yeah. folks, uh, many of them exiled from their homeland. So w- what we've been doing the past three years, we started about three years ago officially uh, as a mission. And what we do is we respond to attacks within 24 to 48 hours with medical aid and food aid. And then there there. are hundreds of idp camps if not thousands all across nigeria where people essentially are refugees within their own country so the government says okay well you can't go back to your homeland we're not going to protect you because if these people go back to their homes they get killed and so they're they're left on a uh, on a random plot of land somewhere and they say here you go fend for yourselves with only the clothes left on their back with no assistance whatsoever and so what are they going to do for food? What are they going to do to survive? And that's, and, that's what, and that's what we've been trying to help with in various ways. Sometimes it's uh, helping them find land where they can farm. We provide fertilizer just to kind of give them a start and a leg up. But just imagine you're in a small town. You're living life. You're in a town of about 2,000 people. You have your houses, your neighbors. You're just living life. Then all of a sudden, all that's taken away from you. And the government says, here's a cornfield for you to live in. Have fun. Yeah. 
that's that's essentially what is happening with IDPs, mm-hmm. uh, uh, internal refugees in the country, and um, we are trying to help any way we can uh, to help give them a leg up, get them out of that situation, but at the very bare minimum, get them medicine and food so they can actually survive. Now, you were at a particular IDP camp, and you yes. saw what happened. Uh, tell us how that particular group got to where they are. Um, were they under attack? So they were under attack. Several of their villagers uh, were murdered and killed. Uh, and usually what happens is the uh, Fulani uh, and Boko Haram, they're, they're one and the same. Don't let the mainstream media fool you. But the people that end up dying are the ones that can't run fast enough, which are the children and the elderly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So those are the ones that are they're either the kidnapped or killed. Get, they get killed if they can't run fast enough. They get killed. Mm-hmm. And then others, if they if they deem some sort of value out off of them, they'll try to kidnap them, demand a ransom, and a lot of times the ransom will be paid, and they'll still kill them anyway. Yeah. Okay. They're, so so anyway, so the camp that uh, one of the camps that I recently came across, we were brought to. Um, it was the worst situation I've ever seen. I've I've seen plenty of IDP camps and situations, but this was one of the worst, where people were living in tents made out of garbage bags. Oh boy! Um, uh, busted up, um, you know, food bags and and mosquito netting. I mean, they didn't even, they didn't even have basic shelter to shelter the rain from coming into their tents, mm. and. Um, the malnutrition, the, the, the whole situation was terrible. Um, kids with disease, people, uh, adults with disease. And I, I just looked at the situation and I was with another mission, um, that has been trying to go in and, and, uh, help them periodically. But I looked at him, I said, why is this even here? Mm-hmm. What is it going to take to relocate these people, get them into proper structures, proper hygienic, uh, situation and get them out of this mess? And so I, I talked with the camp head. I talked with uh, the local mission there, and they said, "Oh, about a hundred, hundred twenty thousand dollars." I said, "That's it for five thousand five hundred people." Yeah. Like, why are we looking at this? Why can't we right. do something about it? So, right. Um, right. we're launching an effort into action to change that one particular situation, and we're halfway there with our goal. Okay. Well, I'd like to raise twenty thousand dollars with this broadcast right away. So. Uh, my family will, will come up with uh, hundred, two hundred dollars somewhere in that range. I need another hundred to two hundred people to step in and do the same thing. Some of you might be able to do just a little bit more than that. Uh, some maybe a little bit less. But let's let's get into the hundreds on this, folks. And I I, I really need a couple hundred people to uh, to donate to this. Uh, you know, at least put you into the twenty, thirty thousand dollar range after this broadcast um and you know hopefully we can get a little higher than that but i'm just putting a minimum at twenty thousand right now uh because this is the least of the least of the brothers of jesus christ Uh, some of these all of them professing christians or generally professing christians are there churches involved here um are there pastors in this camp i guess what kind of christian background are we talking about here um it's it's a bit of a hodgepodge. Uh, sure. There are there are actual legit Christians in the camp, and there are people that just identify as Christian based on tradition, just like you'd have anywhere else in in the world. Um, right. But there there are some local churches that have been going in trying to help. But you have to understand, Nigeria is a poverty stricken nation where a good job is considered uh, somebody making a hundred dollars a month. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That, that's considered a good job. So. It's, it's hard for a group like that to then be able to allocate and divert resources to 5,000 people 
you then have nothing. I mean, so it's it's a very tough situation. So there are people that care. There are people that go in and minister. Um, we we pray with them. Uh, the other mission we're working with goes in and gives them Bibles, shares the gospel with them, and and tries to lift them up. But I'm just saying, here's a situation where the neediest of needy and poorest of poor of our brothers and sisters in Christ, if you know, only a only a hundred thousand dollars can give them a leg up and give them a yeah. chance to live again. This is this is definitely this, money. This well is spent. an opportunity, yeah. And, and I know a lot of people are saying, "Well, just want to make sure my money is used for charitable purposes and it's not going to be wasted." Uh, right. Not going to be wasted here, right? Well, that's that's why I created equipping the persecuted is because there are so many organizations that talk about the problem. Yeah, they talk about the problem. They they uh, they um, you know share one situation on the news and say, "Look how terrible things are." They raise money, but they're not actually on the ground doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I created Equipping the Persecuted to be an organization that is rapid response to crisis situations and being able to show and show people in real time what we are doing when we're doing it. So there's no question about what we're up to. Okay. And and you've done this before, at least at some level. Yes. You've you've gone, yes. done some projects, mostly Nigeria at this point. It's it's all it's all based in Nigeria. Uh I was introduced to Nigeria over ten years ago. Uh, with my grandfather, who was an evangelist, but the uh, persecuted Christians have been a been on my heart ever ever since I went there, and I just kept on seeing time after time people talking about the problem but not really helping. Amen, amen to, to what you're doing. I, you know, I I've been on the ground several countries myself. I just take cash over the border and leave cash for the persecuted saints. I've done that a number of times. Uh, we focus in on a few countries. I'm not going to say which ones, uh, but uh, you know I've been there personally. I, I get tired of just throwing you know money at a large organization and hope that somehow the money filters in. I want to be there. I want to be sure it all gets to the source and the most needy sources. So I, I mean I'm, I'm there with you. I've done this myself, and I think this is probably the greatest need right now in the kingdom of God because persecution is the hottest in the world today than it's been at least since the Reformation, possibly since the early church, in terms of the thousands upon thousands of people are being slaughtered around the world. This is probably one of the most unique opportunities we have to exercise Matthew 25. And yep. so, hey, my, my attitude is take advantage of it. Full court press on this one, friends. Let's get involved. I mean, this is a once-in-eternity opportunity. You won't have another opportunity in all of eternity to help the persecuted body of Jesus Christ to to break open a flask that's worth, what, $30,000, $40,000 and pour that perfume over the feet of Jesus. Uh, you won't have a better opportunity than this. I mean, this is it for all eternity. Might as well take advantage of it. Um, Judd, tell me, you know, as you speak to persecuted Christians and those that are suffering in the most difficult places in the world today, what is their attitude? What What are the true believers, the followers of Jesus saying uh, out there in Nigeria? They have an authentic Christianity and a joy. When they wake up in the morning, they rely on God for their survival. Yeah. They rely on God every day, and that is something we rarely see here in the United States. And their faith is incredibly strong and uh it it it's a it's a rude awakening uh for every time i go i've been there so many times but it still slaps me in the face 
um, looking at their faith and their joy despite the circumstances that they're in. Hmm, beautiful. And they remain true to Christ, even though everything's been taken away from them, even the threat of their own lives. They are not going to turn their back on the Lord, and they have a joy in their faces and in their eyes. And that's what keeps me going back. Wow. It's encouraging. In other words, you will be more encouraged than they will be encouraged by reaching out to help the the most needy of the brothers and sisters of Christ in the world today. Judd, uh, what will the money do? What's the goal? How do we help uh, this extremely needy group of folks that come from a Christian area of Nigeria? So so this particular camp that we're helping right now is um, we are buying a plot of land, uh, a safe, good plot of land where they have enough room to, gr- to grow crops and to be able to sustain themselves. And then the other part is, is we're teaming up with a mission called Ignition 633 that's out there um, that has started a, a block building operation to, you know, build blocks so they can build structures. And so they're coming in, and we're just and we're helping cover the cost of just the, you know, materials, the concrete materials to be able to do that. Good. So we're gonna so we're gonna supply the structures. We're supplying the land, um, and giving them a place, giving them a place to be able to live on safely, and actually have shelter and a roof over their heads. Wow, this is this is the solution, my friends. This is what we do. This is how we get the going, and uh, a great opportunity here. And I again, my goal is to raise anywhere between $20,000 and $50,000 from our listeners. Friends, you, you've heard so many stories of the persecuted saints. Let's just help the neediest of the needy uh, today. Can we do that? $100, $200. The website is equippingthepersecuted.org. doesn't come to generations. I'm simply saying, hey, everybody go to equippingthepersecuted.org. And I assume you can contribute right there at the website, right, Judd? Yeah, you can go to equippingthepersecuted.org slash donate. And then go to the link that says 5,500 Christians need our help. Okay, um, that's it. And then, and then go, go to that link so it designates everything towards that project. Okay. And, and the thing is, is we're trying to get this done within the next few weeks so we can get them moved, get things going before rainy season starts. Last year, there was rainy season. They lost over 500 people due to disease. Okay. So, friends, it's uh, equippingthepersecuted.org. Go to the 5,500 Christians need your help. And let's do this in the next day or two. I mean, you put it off, you're not going to do it. Okay, I mean, I, I know how it is. When you hear about a need, you say, ah, maybe later, you won't do it. Do it now. Just go ahead. Do it now. Go to the equippingthepersecuted.org. And, and let's put it at between 20000 and 50000 And Judd, would you do me a favor and update me as to what happens over the next two, three, four days as this uh, message gets out? And I, I just I just want to convey that back to our listening audience that we are actually going to help the neediest of the needy in Nigeria through this broadcast. Now, one more thing. I think there are a lot of Christian families out there that listen to our broadcasts and they get these updates from Voice of the Martyrs or International Christian Concern or the, all the others. And they just say, hey, I, I want to do something. What do they do? What can they do? Um, I mean, obviously, you can write the check. Is there anything else? Can we go visit them? Can we pray for them? Uh, what What are the best ways in which we can help those families that are experiencing such vicious persecution in some of these countries around the world? There, are, there are some practical things. First, first, and, first and foremost, pray. Yep, pray for our persecuted yep, yep. brothers and sisters. And and let me say this real quick: our church started doing this seven months ago. 
Every week, a family stands up and they present a nation. We just finished Nigeria. Uh, I think we're doing Pakistan now. But each month, and we get we get a handout, a colored handout that encourages every family to pray for that particular nation every week and we're to pray every day so that is our family has been praying daily i don't think we've missed a day praying for the persecuted church for the last seven to eight months only because we have a family in our church that is handing out a prayer sheet every single week showing the videos giving us the update at the end of the service so that this becomes a major project for the entire body in our local congregation here in Elizabeth, Colorado. And I, I just encourage all churches to do this right now. And we are right now DEFCON 1 for persecution around the world. So I'm sorry for stealing your thunder, Judd, but I just no, wanted no. to stick it. Let's make sure churches are deliberately, intentionally bringing this to the forefront right now. Pray for the persecuted. All right, carry on. Sorry. <laughs> the other thing that you can do besides prayer is, one, uh, is obviously take action with your funds. Yeah. Take action with your funds, and but support organizations that you know for a fact have boots on the ground that are actually doing something and not just talking about it. Please use discernment and do your research. Yep. And then the other uh, the other thing is is call your congressman, call your senator, call your local politicians, and demand that the U.S. put policies in place or sanctions in place against countries that are allowing the persecution of Christians. You can do some action politically, make a phone call, write a letter to your congressman or senator, and tell them that we're tired of Christians being killed across the world. Please do something about it. Excellent. Judd, thank you. Thank you. I want you back with us. I, I want a regular update as to what's going on in Nigeria, especially. That is the hottest spot, pretty much. North Korea, Afghanistan, tough as well. But uh, I really want updates on this. Uh, God bless you, brother. Stay with it. Stay on mission. And uh, may the Lord just increase, you know, this uh, fundraising to the point where, you know, you're in the hundreds of thousands. That's that's my prayer for your your ministry here. Amen, sir. I really appreciate you. And thank you for having me on. And God bless you. Amen. This is Kevin Swanson inviting you back again next time as we continue to lay down a vision for the next generation.